Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. And Ziggy Rodriguez. (laughs) Thank you. Sam, Ziggy Rodriguez. That's a great middle name. I don't know yes. where that came from, you by know, the way. His but parents really, are proud. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, my, Saint Ziggy was my confirmation <laughs> saying oh. you know. <laughs> Was that one of the Marleys? I can't remember which ones. You were so uh, influenced yes. by their music. So, uh, listen, uh, we got a great right. show today. I tell you what, uh, we're going to get kind of serious. All right. We got. Do you notice how the laughter stopped we're as soon as I said serious. that? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, we're we we we're gonna much get serious joviality serious. about some serious topics to kind of keep things light sometimes. But Great. you know, we, the church has been going through some difficult times, and you know, this may be the first time ever in the history of the church that we've had difficult times. Yeah. Sam, <laughs> I you know I'm <laughs> not sure if that's the case, but perhaps that was very very politically correctly. Put when it don't call your host an idiot. Sounds right? like a lawyer. <laughs> no, he. You know, you're right. There's several, several times we've had some major uh, problems. Where it seems like scales. the end of the world. Everybody. Well, people always want to think like certainly Jesus is coming now because mm-hmm. it's definitely bad news, right? And so certainly with all the scandals, I mean, we've had all these talks about. Uh, you know the, the cover-ups and and bishops not doing what they're supposed to do, and, and rightfully so. People are enraged. They're angry, and certainly we've had. Uh, you know, cases of abuse and cover-up and, and whatnot, and there's certainly room for everyone to be upset about about this, oh, right? Yeah. The scandal continues, though, and, and it seems like it just doesn't go away. And I've actually had people come up to me uh, and tell me stories or situations that they've recently been in where someone said to them, like, how can you still be Catholic? Mm-hmm. And how is it that you are staying in that church? I've had a couple of priests I've seen uh, on Facebook uh, uh, that have said, I was in line at the grocery store, or I was at the theater, or I was doing whatever, and uh, and someone would come up and say that, you know, how could you be a priest in that church? Right? Mm-hmm. It's so filled with Hurt whatever. Heart, well, well, it does. And the reality is, I think all of us need to have kind of an answer. We need, we need to stop and think, like, well, what is it? What's mm-hmm. the deal? Uh, I remember specifically when that, that uh, Pennsylvania grand jury report came out, Mm-hmm. Right after some revelations of a of a cardinal and his carrying on and and then cover ups that might be associated with that, uh, and I I remember uh, preaching that weekend, and you know this is I shouldn't say this I'm saying this to three million people but when I preached there was a standing ovation now this has never happened to me mm-hmm. and I don't think it happened to me I, I think it was people wanted to hear something yes they yeah. wanted to hear from their church because frankly people are just. They're flabbergasted, they're upset, they're hurt, they're wounded. And certainly the people that have had abuse in the family or have, been, have had it covered up or any of that kind of stuff, there's just, it's, there's, it's awful, right? right? And they feel like they don't have a voice. Exactly. And so, but the problem is I think a lot of people are thinking, am I supposed to still be here? Does this mean that the church has collapsed? It has fallen? It is no longer going to be the church? Mm-hmm. There must be a better one. There must be one that I need to go to. Right. Or... Maybe I need to kind of lay off. Maybe I just need to lay back, and maybe I'll stop going. And here's the thing about that. I, I know a lot of people use look, 
some kind of uh, excuse or straw man or whatever to say like, well, the reason I'm not going anymore. It's kind of like, Tom, we've done shows about confession right. in the past and how what people might use as reasons why they didn't go. And they'll always tell you the story of someone who knew someone who someone who knew that person. That person's a friend of the dog groomer or the friend of the whatever. And all of a sudden it's like, well, they got yelled at in the confessional. And that's the reason they don't go anymore. Now, we all know that's kind of – they were kind of already on the edge. But this is really – This is a serious situation that really can cause people to wonder, am I supposed to be in this church? Is this the church? Yep. Right? So I thought we would want to talk about that today. It's kind of a heady topic. It is serious. It's not going to be be, uh, be heady. That's not like Tom's hair, right? Which is also heady. (laughs) But that's a whole different thing, right? This is serious enough. I have a bad hair day today. You're picking on me. It looks great. Thank you. But, But so here, so we have to ask the question, why either stay Catholic or I have an RCIA class. I've got 25 or 30 people who are wanting to become Catholic. Mm-hmm. And we are addressing these scandals and these issues right now. We're talking about it because that's on their mind. By the way, before I join, can you tell me about all this stuff? What am I to think about all this, right? Yeah. And so why become Catholic or why stay Catholic mm-hmm. in a setting like this? And to give an answer also that could... Uh, continue to be relevant no matter what additional bad stuff comes out later because there's no guarantee that this is the end of bad stuff coming out right Right. it's always going to be because because it's going to be you know satan hates the church yes and so uh, this idea that satan's always going to attack the church is true it's always going to be attacked and so uh, now again i see that almost as a, a you know in a positive light that we know this is the one true church because satan keeps attacking it Yes, and, right. we, and Jesus promised that the devil would not prevail. The gates of hell would not prevail against yeah. the church, but he did not promise that it wouldn't go in the attack. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that as one of the reasons. In fact, we'll talk about that. I mean, why wouldn't you want to stay in the church that Jesus promised that the gates of hell would not prevail against it? Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and you, are, and I say, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't know how more plain he could say that this church will never die. And so the reality is the number of scandals. I don't want to make light of the scandal and think it's like, well, it's just another scandal. You know, we're just, it's, it's, it's very serious. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? and I know a seminarian who is very much rocked by all the news that was coming out. And he, he went to a person who was a, sort of a guidance counselor at his seminary and, yeah. and said, and, you know, conveyed to that guidance counselor, you know, the concerns he was having and the difficulties he was experiencing with all this news coming out. And the guidance counselor looked at him and said, However bad you think it is, trust me, it's a thousand times worse. (laughs) He said, but, but, God's bigger than that. No matter how big it is, God's bigger than that. Which I thought, he actually, he said in the end, he took comfort in the fact that the guidance counselor didn't try to play down uh, how bad it is and how bad it will be. And, Uh, And more than that, it's like no matter how bad it could ever be it still wouldn't be bad enough to bring it down, right? Because the right. gates of hell would not prevail against it. I mean, that's, just, that's a promise of God. God mm-hmm. makes covenants. God never breaks them, right? Never breaks them. Jesus is the new and eternal covenant. He's not going away. His church is not going away. It's always going to be here. And so one reason not to leave, it's because it's kind of you were going to, you know, you want to, if a hurricane was coming, right? We're entering hurricane season and there are going to be hurricanes. And the reality is you want to be in something that's going to withstand the 
the pummeling or the wind and the rain, the driving and the, and the flooding and all that stuff. And as horrific as it can be, you'd want to find that place that was, you know, hunkered down in bunker. You know, right. that would be the place you'd want to be. Well, that's the Catholic Church. Really, the Acts of the Apostles, when they turned to Gamaliel, who is one of the uh, Pharisee scholars, um, they they were wanting him to speak out against the, this this new sect of Jews called Christians. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they took that the name way. yet. The, the way. way at that mm-hmm. point, yes. And what he said is, well, if it's not of God, it'll fall apart in its own. But if it's of God, it cannot be destroyed. That's right. It's God breathed. Right. I mean, ultimately, and so the very breath of God is not going to just dissipate. Right. That it will sustain and, and hold on. So, so that part's powerful. And it means that we can also name, although we can say on one hand, yes, there's going to be more bad stuff. As bad as this stuff is in the history of the church between now and the end of time, yes, we can say for certain that there's going to be more bad stuff. It's just common sense to acknowledge right. that. But we can also say there's a limit as to how bad it's going to get. There are certain promises God gave us. It will never get so bad that it's over. It will right. never get so bad that the Eucharist is just bread, for example. Right. That's, I think, a very important thing, that the, that the, the sacraments of the church, the teachings are, are never going to lead you astray, and the sacraments are never going to just be empty symbols. Right. Absolutely. And, and we can bank on that. Yes. Right. Now, another, another reason why I think I, in my mind, would say, well, I, I want to stay in this church. And, I, and I'm happy to be Catholic. In fact, in a good way, I'm proud to be Catholic, right? I choose this willingly uh, and willfully because Jesus founded it. Yes. So, I mean, if you stop and think about it, not wasn't founded by a, a, a mortal man right. in the sense that some, a, a, create, a, a, a creature, it was founded by the Creator. And, and the reality is that's something you can bank on as well. I know he specifically said the gates of hell would not prevail against it, but seriously, if Jesus said, okay, I'm going to build a church. And if he told me, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a, a car, that's the brand I would buy. I mean, I'm just, mm-hmm. I would choose that specifically because it came from him. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that somebody else thought was something he might like. It was what he created. Mm-hmm. And that, that the origin in Jesus Christ is, again, where you're talking about the sacraments, that's what gives the sacraments their efficacy. You know, a lot of times when I'm talking to folks who are really struggling just with their own sins and feeling that, that, gosh, how could God love me? How could God's mercy extend to me? I tell them, God has a plan that takes all of your sins into account and all your mistakes into account. It can't, you can't undo God's plan for your life. Well, that's true individually for us, but it's also true for the entire church. And God has a perfect plan for the Catholic Church that takes all of the mistakes and sins of the persons in leadership within the church into account. And it cannot throw off his plan to have a church that remains intact until the end of days. Yeah, and I know we'll go back to the gates of hell part, um, is that there's a plan and there's a perfect plan for the church, but there's no promise that it won't be a painless plan, right? Uh, It's going to get rough. And I would imagine, I would venture to say that it's going to get worse before it gets better in terms of the the seeming downfall, right? The, the threat that it's all over. It can certainly not survive this. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, before we realize what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Right? And, I, and I think that the, the folks on the outside of the church who are pointing at it and condemning it and shaking their finger at the church, uh, 
you know, on one hand, yes, obviously, there's a lot that we need to be held accountable to and that persons within the church need to be held accountable to. There's just no question. There's a lot of changes that need to happen. But if you're going to point to the church and condemn the church, you know, one thing, especially if you're a believer in what Jesus Christ says, mm-hmm. you know, and when he talks about the eternal sin, he's talking about when he, that comes up when people say that Jesus had an unclean spirit. Mm. And when yeah. the people were calling that which was clean, unclean. Right. You know, be careful calling the Catholic Church in, in, in totality that it's unclean. It's unclean. Yeah. To the core, yes. Yeah, so we got more to share about that and why you should be careful, why Sam would threaten you in that way. <laughs> that was very threatening language, by the way. You he made, was pointing. He was doing he, a lot of really harsh was some pointing. pointing going, what there exactly was. So I'm going to point at you, Sam, and say, don't do that anymore. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk more about this. We've got Steady. lots more to cover here. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And media man, media mogul, what else should we have them do? Follow us on Facebook. And, and like uh, us. And, and, and like us on Facebook and share our posts. There you go. Sounds good. Let's all do that uh, <laughs> while we're on this little break. But please do come right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Monica is a North African saint who has inspired millions of Catholics to pray and hope for their family members who have fallen away from or who have never even approached the Church of Christ. She was married at an early age to a man of her parents' choosing. Her spouse was a pagan man with a secure income and an exalted position within the community. Unfortunately, he lacked integrity and basic virtue. He was unfaithful to their marital vows and abusive. A biographer of St. Monica's wrote, She knew, she saw, but she kept quiet and suffered in silence. She prayed and probably wept, but realized that the religion of the pagans condoned great moral degradation. Like so many women of her time, she had nowhere in the world to turn. So instead, she turned heavenward to the help of the Almighty. And help he did. St. Monica was so well known for her deep inner peace and holiness that she began to counsel other women who had unfaithful and wayward husbands. Because of her great witness to the love of Christ in her own life, her husband eventually renounced sin and became a Christian. He died soon after his conversion and left St. Monica with her children. One of her children was the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, who had completely renounced the Christian faith of his upbringing and was living a dissolute life. The saintly woman prayed, encouraged, and pleaded with her son, like any good mother is apt to do. She followed him from their home in North Africa to Rome and finally to Milan. St. Monica prayed to God on her son's behalf for many, many years. She never lost hope, and she never stopped praying. After many turbulent years in the lives of both St. Monica and St. Augustine, her prayers were answered. St. Augustine is now one of the greatest and most revered fathers and doctors of the Church. Many of our stories are not as dramatic as St. Monica's or St. Augustine's but we can all learn from her persistence and filial love. Family and friends have left or avoided the loving arms of the church for many and various reasons, but they all come back for the same reason, 
the experience of Christ's powerful love. St. Monica is a great witness to this love of Jesus Christ. Her persistence and gentle patience are a roadmap for our own lives and conversions. St. Monica's feast day is August 27th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I don't know why we're laughing. Uh, it was I don't just either. It's, it's a serious always, subject, man. In between, yeah, exactly right. It is serious. Yes. Uh, but we try to we try to have a good time here at the Catholic Cafe. This is kind of tough because we're talking about why we would stay in the church uh, amidst scandal, right? And a lot of people now in our our culture. Don't you think a lot of people like vote with their wallets and their feet? You know, if they don't oh, like absolutely. something, they don't like the they don't like the preaching, they don't like the music, they don't like something. They're gonna, yeah. you know. And I understand in a consumer culture when you're talking about a restaurant, right? You know, if I went to a restaurant and they spilled stuff on me, the first time I'd be like, "It's all right." Second time, I'm saying this is kind of a problem. Right. Fifteenth time, I'm saying I'm not coming here ever again. Right. You know. And so <laughs> voting, I'm voting with my feet. But this is different because if that round restaurant was founded by Jesus, <laughs> you know, I don't know if he did that. But the point is, <laughs> if he did, but you see what I'm saying? It changes yes. things because consumer culture does not apply to the church, right? If right. we're talking about the one church, we're talking about the true church, the one founded by Jesus Christ. We talked about Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. You are Peter, and on this rock I'll build this church, right? And mm-hmm. the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? Uh, and then certainly Jesus founded it. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about was just the concept that Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would lead the church into all truth. So think about that for a second. Mm. You'd, if you were leaving the Catholic Church, you'd be leaving the church that Jesus said would contain within it and would would would, would basically spread nothing but the gospel of truth. Mm-hmm. And so you'd be leaving the source of truth, and that would be problematic. Mm-hmm. When I say source, the conduit. I mean, ultimately from God, but... Right, if you if you it was like, where is the Holy Spirit? Well, one thing that comes to mind is you're you're sharing this, and I think a lot of people might not be aware of you know because a lot of people obviously one of their problems is, gee, how can a church that's run by all these really sinful people, so many sinful people in mm-hmm. leadership positions, yeah. how in the world could these people be trusted to uh, be conduits by which? right teaching comes through Mm -hmm. right and one of the things that uh is interesting is a historical point is we know there are certain popes that we know are like really really bad 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 popes right Right. um and it's interesting those popes didn't write encyclicals right they didn't have any Mm. doctrinal contribution to the church they were too busy doing whatever it is making making kids yes (laughs) and 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 and, and, you know accumulating gold or whatever and it's not that many i mean it's not like you know we are rife with uh, bad popes mm-hmm. we really aren't but the reality is there are some really bad ones oh yeah right which lead, kind of leads me to my next point i would make is that ultimately we're we're following jesus right we're we're following jesus not judas mm-hmm. if you think about this scandal i mean from the very beginning the beginning that the church was scandalized right yeah from the very beginning now again i'm not making light of this scandal and saying like see it's just like everything else no. but the reality is back then you know 12% of the all the clergy were in error and bad and were evil. It's, you know, it's Judas, right? Right. One, one, or one. What are the eight percent? One twelve. Eight percent. And the, and the point of all this is, I'm not going to leave the church founded by Jesus because of Judas, right? The church has been successful even in the face of 
denials and you know all the, the the evil that might have tried to overcome Satan's fight against the church from the very beginning mm-hmm. of its founding, right? And all throughout the centuries and all throughout her history, the church has been pummeled from the outside, really by Satan ultimately. And that's not why you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like I'm not falling prey to that, mm-hmm. right. right? It's proven that it's not going to. So the fact that we're not focused on the Judas part but on the Jesus part that helps me know that's like that's where I need to be. Right. Right. And you mentioned, Sam, about uh, this idea of the other popes and whatever. But I remember there was a homily from our former pastor here one time. He said, I don't know if he meant to say this because it was just kind of off the cuff in a homily. He said, well, you know, if you find a, a, a more perfect church, just go there. If you find a perfect church, just go there. And as soon as you show up, it won't be perfect anymore. <laughs> you know, because we are fallen, right? We right. are fallen. We are not perfect. And so you, so it's a perfect Institution founded or filled with imperfect people, right. a divine institution entrusted to sinners. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's always going to be the difficulty, right, of maintaining a, a, a seemingly perfect church. And it's funny. Uh, I'm reminded of an interview that Pope Francis, or I'm sorry, not Pope Francis, then Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, mm-hmm. uh, who later Soon became Pope he later Pope became Pope Emeritus. Benedict. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. He gave this interview in 1997 where they they said, "Does the Holy Spirit select popes?" And he said, "No, I don't think it works like that." He said, "I think that um, it, it, it's more that the person who selected as pope, God permits, and it's a, he and, and because in God's wisdom, he knows that that." selection is not going to lead to the utter ruin of the church so it's that god's work in the church is going to be a lot largely prophylactic and 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 more minimalistic where he's not trying to be in exercise control over every aspect there there are boundaries yes right there are boundaries and and so no matter what is going to happen it's never going to fail right right you guys keep messing up but i'm going to protect it it's okay, but you keep messing up. So there has to be that room to mess up in, in some regards mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the decisions that get made and, and maybe really about the uh, the attitudes and the sinfulness of the individuals that are within the church. And if someone asks, well, why would God do that? Why would God cre- make the church? Why not make it run by angels? If there's angels, why not have just angels go out there and just hand out the sacraments Wouldn't and hand nice. out the teachings? And Peter Kreeft uh had an interesting response to that where he said, listen, if the church was literally set up by angels or you you literally saw God walking around like just as God walked around in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden in the Genesis story, he said that we would not join that church out of love. We would join it out of fear. That's true. Because we, we would wouldn't be, have the choice. We wouldn't right? have the choice. We'd all be terrified because we all know that this person if he just decided to not think us into existence anymore, we would no longer exist. And not only that, we would never would have existed which in the first place. Which is not freedom. You know, God wants to call us into a place of love. And, freely. And, and he wants us to freely choose right. love. And I would never say Peter Kraft is wrong, uh, but I will say this one <laughs> element he didn't, he didn't think about, and that's the fact that... Uh, you know, since we've had Jurassic Park, that movie, I mean, kids believe dinosaurs are real, right? I mean, I, I think that if Jesus came back on a cloud right now, people would go like, this is some kind of Hollywood special effect. There'd be some reason why they wouldn't believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, there's still that insidious part uh, uh, of sin that we fall into sometimes where we just don't want to believe even if Jesus was walking around the church. Right. Right. That, so anyway, uh, but... He, Peter Kraft is a lot smarter than me. So uh, I, I want to get to a couple other little quick ones. One is also the, the idea that as horrible as this is, 
as we continue to to shine a light on this situation i mean ultimately it's kind of like in your kitchen uh, maybe not a well-kept kitchen but we shine a light and the cockroaches scatter mm-hmm. uh, right th- th- as we shine a light on this the cockroaches are scattering and ultimately it reminds me of the cleansing of the temple it reminds me of jesus walking through the temple you know fashioning a, a whip out of cords right and 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 driving out of uh, the, the the evil right that had just started to to set up and i think that every once in a while the temple's got to be cleansed now i will agree with you sam that we need to be part of that cleansing process we need to not sit back and think well it'll all work out no no we need to keep the pressure on so mm-hmm. people understand that we're that we're all upset and we're not going to tolerate and we're not going to sit we're not going to sit for this anymore mm-hmm. but, but we also want to make sure that we focus on our, our own needs for pure, personal purification yeah. as well it becomes the church we needs right now is saints and you know if we're just going to be stuck in you know sinners that we are focused on the sins of others exclusively then we're not really in a good place right. spiritually at That's that right. point. Right. And now, uh, the, the last one I want to kind of bring up uh, that I think is really important is this has happened before. Um, and, and one of the ways it happened was, if you remember, in John chapter 6, as Jesus is telling us that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you, it was a hard saying. And, and the disciples following who have been following him for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. they ended up leaving I mean, they left the church ultimately, right? And and what I love is what happens at the end in verse sixty six. Um, after this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer went about with him. Jesus said to the twelve, "Do you wish also to go away?" And Simon Peter answered him, "Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life." And the reality is, Peter recognized and the apostles recognized. Where are we going to go? If right. you if you leave the church founded by Jesus, the gates of hell will not prevail against that. The Holy Spirit is guiding. That ultimately is the the, the place where the sacraments, where Jesus, where we connect with the divine mm-hmm. uh, in such a beautiful way. Where would you go? Mm-hmm. There That's there right. is nowhere else to go. This is the place, and so we need to hunker down. We need to uh, be vigilant. We need to pray. We need to fast. But we also need to. Uh, alert the media. We need to let people know what's going on and how we're not going to let this continue this way. And to not make excuses for those in leadership who are who are doing wrong. You know, I mean, we're not we're not. That's not a, a defense of the church to excuse those. And uh, no, if they did wrong, they need to be held accountable. They might have mistaken their position as cardinal or whatever else as their salvation, and it is not. <laughs> you know? nope. Yeah, we got we really uh, the way to look at this. I think is certainly is is justice in mercy mm-hmm. right divine justice true justice justice that comes from god what's right is right what's wrong is wrong call it out for what it is be merciful mm. but at the same time realize that we've got to be vigilant we've got to be uh we got to do the just thing and we got to fight amen or well, for our mother it's good that we have our mother uh mary watching over us as well so let's let's invoke her intercession Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.